Well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like you. Oh, well, I gotta think twice. Today's process is this. Faith in yourself is overrated. Faith in the marketplace is not. Sit back, relax, let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, online entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. Because this place is filled with monsters and bandits, here comes your first warning. Although I am a lawyer, this podcast is not for legal advice. In order to work with me, you must have a signed agreement. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All right, let's enter the understory. Remember, admission is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. Here we go. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are trapped in the understory against your will, and those of you who are trapped in the understory on paper, on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. All right, so the intro was of me singing the song Faith by the um, by the deceased George Michael. Spoiler alert, the guy passed away. I'm sorry, it's been a few years. Uh, if you were a George Michael fan, you already know that. If you don't, then uh, you can rush to Google and fact check me. But in any event, so we're going to talk a little bit about faith today. So I, I'm going to show the people on the live stream. I just ate this entire king size Kit Kat, right? I'm supposed to be on a healthy kick, get diet, diet, diet. I'm supposed to be on a healthy kick. I am supposed to be eating healthy. I am supposed to be going to the gym. Um, I actually, I met with a friend of mine from law school today, Stan Davis, who I haven't seen in 20 years. And we had like a two hour coffee and we talked about a lot of really cool stuff. Stan is a really cool cat. And I was excited to uh, hang out with him. And that uh, basically jacks my entire day. So there will be no, I was supposed to go to the gym, not going to the gym. Uh, I got too much work to do. I will go to the, I will, I go on my hike tomorrow and I'll hit the gym on Friday that I usually take on Friday or Saturday to make up that day. But in any event, um, let's talk about the Kit Kat, right? I have a weakness. It's a sickness for Kit Kats. I, if they're in the house, I'll eat them. And if this was like a 17 or 18 pound Kit Kat, I would have eaten the whole thing. I don't know what it is. Some people have a weakness for Rolos. Some people have a weakness for Smarties. Some people have a weakness for Fun Dip. Mine is Kit Kats. And I know I'm not supposed to eat it. I know I'm not supposed to buy it. I know uh, basically I am supposed to have only chicken breast and broccoli in the house right now because I'm trying to cut weight and trying to get healthy. But uh, I found myself mesmerized by the Kit Kat when I was in the aisle and I bought two of them for my wife. That was the that was the plan to buy the Kit Kats for the wife and um, she didn't eat them in time. So now there's one less Kit Kat for her. And the reason I'm sharing the adventures of my Kit Kat uh, consumption is because I love when people talk about you have to bet on yourself, you have to have faith in yourself. Um, if you're sitting in a job right now and you're stuck in a nine to five, if you're being commoditized by the gig economy, if you have a business that you've built that you hate and you want to pivot into something else, a lot of that is going to be um, require a leap of faith. But I would have you consider the possibility that betting on yourself is a bad bet. And this is what I mean by that. You are ruled by a series of personalities. So there's programming in your head that depending upon the situation, 
the synapses in your brain are weak or strong for each personality. Sometimes you're overwhelmed, you're situationally possessed. If you go into fight or flight mechanism and you find yourself in the middle of a 60 on 12 brawl, your your brain goes to a very simple thought process. You're not you're not going to be solving complex physics problems at that time. When you're hungry, the more hungry you get, the more you're like, oh, maybe I should go stop doing the podcast and I should go get something to eat. Maybe I should eat a king-size Kit Kat. And it is the interplay between all of those personalities in your head that make you who you are. You There's not just simply one you. And what that means then is that your results, are, that's why your results are inconsistent. Now, you can create a mastery of yourself for more often than not. So you can strive to be present. You can strive to put the observer in charge. Uh, some people call it the sage brain. Some people call it the wise one. Uh, you can learn to put the actual, the big boy or big girl, big gal in charge. And it works, but there are times where you don't do that. And we all know that because if you've ever done the walk of shame, if you've ever, um, waited to the last night to do a book report. If you've ever said to yourself, why did I do that? The reason is, is because you just weren't you at that time. You're, you have a, a dueling, dueling personalities. Now you were responsible for, you were responsible for everything that you do. All those personalities are still you. Now, if this seems a little esoteric, it is, but if you really think about it, it's just not that complicated because you are a ball of, of competing interests. Like you don't have like you, you're, let's take, you know, if you're married with kids um, and you're employed, you have competing interests. You're, there are certain things that you do, like you going to work every single day, um, working 60, 70 hour weeks is really good probably for how you viewed at work, right? Your boss would love that, but your wife and your wife and kids would suffer. If you put your kids before all else and you don't take care of yourself, you don't take care of your wife, then, um, you personally suffer yourself and your wife suffers. So these are all competing interests. And part of the dance of life is to, is to balance all of those against each other. And it's a, it's fluid. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have to like go more work, right? Sometimes you're gonna have to go more family if there's an emergency, whatever. And it's the dance of those interests coupled with sort of the, your desires and your wants and your dreams, which is your personality. You jumble all those together and you get results. Okay. Problem is, is all those things are very powerful. The work pressures you have are very powerful. The marriage pressures you have are very powerful. Your children's pressures on you for your time and attention are very powerful. And so all of these, all of these external influences are extremely powerful. And if that's true, then you're not going to always get it right, and you're going to eat a whole Kit Kat. You're going to eat a whole king size Kit Kat because you're going to medicate. Um, you're going to self-medicate. You're going to sedate, whatever you want to call it, and then you're going to get results that you don't want. So. If you try to put faith in yourself, in yourself, you will always fail yourself. Willpower will always fail yourself. But what will not fail you is the marketplace. And here's why. A wise man once said to me is that you, can, you cannot control what one person does, but you can control what a group of people do. And that was in reference to sales. So if you are a salesman and you have, like, let's say, a quota that you have to meet, let's say it's whatever your widget is, I don't care what it is. Um, you have a quota that you have to meet and there's one, one of your prospects, let's say you're, let's say you have to make a thousand dollars. Okay. And one of your prospects wants to buy $2,000 worth of stuff. It's a hundred, it's a hundred dollar, it's a hundred dollar widget. And one of your prospects wants to uh, put an order in for 10. 
and you put all of your eggs in one basket and you just work on that guy or gal, you work on them, you work on them, you work on them because you're like this one person can buy from me. Now, if they buy from me, I make my quota. The challenge with that approach and that strategy is that uh, that person is not in a vacuum. That person also is a ball of a ball of competing personalities. That person is also has large amounts of external pressures on them for what they're going to do in terms of if they're going to be one, are they going to have the money? Two, um, maybe they have to put it off till next month. Three, maybe they just had a bad day because they're hungover because they had too many gin fizzes the night before and they don't want to deal with you. And so you can't control any of those. All those things are outside your control. Now, if you take a thousand people and you put the, or let's say a hundred people and you put them in your um, in your pipeline, you work on all hundred of those people, you're going to make your quota no problem because all the people that had the external influences and all the stuff that took them out of the contention, even though they were willing and able, but not able to purchase your stuff, um, there's enough people in the samples in the sample size for you to get to where you need to go. And that's a that's a pretty simple. It's the law of big numbers, right? It's a pretty simple. Um, sales strategy that if you have a number that you have to hit, you have to talk to a large number of people more than what it would take if you were just to go one-to-one to sell. I think everyone pretty much understands that and accepts that as strategy. Sometimes, though, we want to play long ball when we get desperate, and so um, we put ourselves in situations where you know it's like being at a poker table where you have to have the card come right, uh, and that's not a good that's not a good place to be. Um, but there is a corollary to that. If you accept that, which you should, because it's true, there's a corollary to that job or to that um, to that concept. And the corollary is that the marketplace itself is the collection of all of those people. Okay. Now, a market can be big, a market can be small, but you you don't want to put yourself in a specific, in the faith in a specific set of people. Okay. You want to put your faith in the game itself. And you, once you understand the rules of the game, once you understand that the market, all a marketplace is, is just a collection of people. It's where the, it's it's a place where people go to buy things. Now there are some big markets, which is like the United States market, right? Which is every business and every consumer within the geographic United States for purposes of like let's say gross domestic product or whatever. But if you're thinking about starting a business, you're going to have markets that you can go to that buy that are really niched down to your specific widget. Right. It's not necessarily that you're going to that you have to market like go take a TV Super Bowl ad and market to all the United States. Once you identify what it is, who your dream customer is and what it is that you're going to sell them products or product or service or experience, you're going to you're going to present it to them. There is a place where those dream customers congregate. And that is, quote, your market. Right. And that market goes by rules. And the rules are is that people congregate there. And the people that congregate there have a buying process and the people that have the buying process choose to buy at some point. And the thing is, is that if you, you don't, you're not putting your faith in the individual people because people will let you down every single time because people are inconsistent. People have, um, I should say a person will let you down every single time uh, because uh, quote, a person is inconsistent. A person has those external problems that we're talking about, the, the pressures on them. Um, and so given enough time, what's a math problem? Just over time, that person will fail you. Just, well, they're human being. No one's a robot. No one does anything perfectly. So if we're going to be, if we're going to win and we're going to be successful, what we don't want to do is we don't want to put our faith into people externally or ourself. 
right? Because we're also going to be inconsistent. But what we do want to do is instead of one of the things is that it's not so much master yourself as it's know yourself, take the edges off, but then put yourself in a position to succeed by having faith in the proper market. If, if the biggest mistake that I ever made, um, that's not true. One of the mistakes that I made when I did one of my business transitions is that I closed down a criminal defense firm and then I went into um, expungements. Okay. And the thing about expungements was, uh, that market itself, it's a big market. It's everyone who's ever had a, any kind of criminal case in California, effectively, soon to be Arizona, soon to be um, Virginia. But the challenge is, is that that market itself the, the, is made up of people who they're all in, they're all in some sort of crisis, right? They, their lives, the result of why they had a criminal charge was as a result of some kind of crisis. Not everyone is like a super, like, um, uh, like a super criminal who just decides to be a criminal. Like most people, the reason why they get a, like get a DUI, for example, is because they're self-medicating with alcohol because there's some other part of their life that's not going the way that they want it to go. And what that basically means then is that um, they are coming from a place of crisis. Like they don't have everything kind of dialed in. And that's the market. Like everyone in that market, in the expungement market, is effectively dealing with crisis still. That's why they're trying to get the, the case expunged because they don't have the life that they want. If they had a perfect job that they wanted and that they were able to get whatever they wanted um, with regards to whatever the reason is they're trying to get the expungement, you know, they want to get their voting rights back or they want to buy a firearm or they want to um, be able to get a job or whatever it is. It's a crisis kind of starting point. They're not stable. That's why they want to get the expungement because the, the their past is causing instability in their life. And I, as my serve as my serve game, right? I wanted to identify that as the market that I wanted to go to, and I was always frustrated because I was there was so much like so much like inconsistency. There was there was you know people didn't have any money. It was and the reason was is the market that I was selecting. It was hard for me to have faith in that market because of just the nature of it itself. And so when I was deciding to switch to switch people that I was going to deal with, is that's why I went into trust in estates. Because if you're gonna, if you're looking for help and setting up what's going to happen at the end of your life to make sure that everyone's taken care of, that just stay out of probate, uh, that you just want to make sure that there's you're out of court, out of conflict. What basically then is what you're doing is you have everything kind of dialed in, and you're taking that step to make things even more dialed in. You're not coming, you're not coming from a pace, place of crisis, and so that market is a much better place to put my faith in for my effort, time and effort, right? As well as the return. Now, there's nothing wrong with the people that are in the previous market in terms of the expansion market. There's nothing wrong with that. I still help those people, but I have much lower expectation. I don't place my financial expectations on that group for my future. That group is a group that I have chosen to help because it's within my wheelhouse. I like helping them, but I don't get frustrated when they are flaky because they're all in crisis or situationally possessed by their crisis. That's by their situation. That's why they're choosing to ask me to help them get out of their situation with the expungements. Okay. So, well, wait, aren't you doing the same thing with business? People who are in a nine to five and they want to get out. Aren't they situationally possessed by their nine to five? Yes. They're situationally possessed from their nine to five. But what I want to do is I want to help them move from their nine to five, pivot into a business that they create so that they don't put themselves in crisis. See, if you have a nine to five, you're pretty much financially stable at some level because you're getting a steady paycheck. You can plan out the paycheck. Now you may be living beyond your means, but if you're, if you're within the realm of doing what you're supposed to do, you're not in crisis in terms of um, your base level things. Okay. You probably got a place to live. Your wife and kids are doing, or you're getting fed. Your kids are getting the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip, whatever it is. And you're doing okay 
mentally you're suffering. Mentally, it's like you're living a life of quiet desperation because you don't want to be there anymore. And it makes you particularly vulnerable to go into situations that then degrade all the other stuff. And then you do find yourself in crisis. So I actually want to prevent people that are feeling that feeling those emotions, either you're trapped in a nine to five, you're being commoditized by the gig economy, or you're in a business that you hate from sliding into a place where they're situationally possessed to the point to where they're starting to downgrade the rest of their foundational stuff. Right. And so uh, that market itself is like, it's almost like I'm helping create a floor for that market. Now for you, when you're thinking about, okay, well, when I want to start a business, you know, you're going to have, if you're already, you're already in a, a place that requires a lot of your attention. You're already a place that requires a lot of discipline for your normal job, plus your wife, plus your kids. Now you're going to add another level of complexity on there by trying to do an escape plan. And, um, it's going to make you inconsistent. And what I'm trying to tell you that is if you pick the right market, you don't have to be a perfect robot to get out of the situation that you're in. So going back to the expungement thing is that you don't want to pit like for your first gig or your first, your pivot business or your first business or whatever it is that you're trying to, to have be your escape plan. You want to pick like the richest, deepest market you can with your skill set, mindsets and environment. So you don't want to do the expungement example that I did because you're going to be, you don't have the bandwidth to do that. Now, if I was just doing only expungements, right? If that was my business, I decided this is my serve game. I'm going to serve this group. Um, it's my, it's my mission. And that's all I did. Then, yeah, then, then you don't need to, you can handle the swings because that's the only thing that you're dealing with, right? It won't make you as inconsistent. But that's not what my, my mission is. My mission is is that I I help entrepreneurs move towards their creative capital or create creative power. I help entrepreneurs move towards their creative power. And the expungement is part of the expungement business I have is part of the help game, which is part of the stability that I need that allows me to grow the serve game, which is helping entrepreneurs. So what I have to be careful of though is that I have to be careful of mentally how much how much I use the expungement game. Like I don't like it's a it's a supplement, right? It's not it doesn't pay all of my bills. It's not really a good candidate for that because the market's too unstable. So I don't have enough faith in that market, um, and it's not an individual people. I have plenty of faith in individual people. They're good people. There's no I have no issues with the people, but together as an aggregate, it's kind of an up and down market. And so I don't want to base my whole um, strategy for feeding my family on just that, right? That's why I do the business consulting. That's why I do the trust of the states. That's why I'm doing the helping the veterans um, with the veterans appeals. All of those are much more stable. So all of those together create the floor that allows me to keep building my serve game and not freak out about how am I gonna pay the bills, right? How am I gonna buy diapers? So, um, but it's an important mind shift because, you know, we have this thing in America, which is you're going to pull yourself up. You're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And it's true. You're, the responsibility is 100 percent on you. Like you've got to get your you've got to get your act together um, with regards to how you're going to be productive and how you're going to handle your business. But you're not going to be perfect. And so you don't want to select a market that requires you to be perfect. Let me say that again for the cheap seats. You don't want to select a market that requires you to be perfect. You want to identify a market that has wiggle in it that allows you um, that allows you to be you. So 
I've documented on the podcast a lot how I have some inherent challenges I've had to overcome. I have a conscientiousness of four. 96 out of 100 people are more conscientious than me. I've had to come up with strategies. I've had to do a lot of, of um, searching. I've had to do a lot of uh, basically just figure out how I can craft a business that I can capitalize on my strengths and then mitigate my weaknesses. And if I am in a business that requires me to be like extremely consistent every single day, like, I don't know, like a lighthouse person, like the person who runs a lighthouse, right? They have to get up at the same time every day. They have to um, turn the light on at night. I don't know what they do. Like, but they sacrifice a chicken, like at six, sacrifice a chicken, you know, drink the blood. I don't know what a lighthouse person does. I wouldn't be a good fit for that. That's why I've constructed my life in a war that I have a lot of, I have a lot of like flow. It's like, so for example, so for today, it's two o'clock, right? Now, this is the first sort of work thing that I've done today because I got up, I had no wife, the kids. I went and I had a two hour lunch with my friend Stan and there's give in my days and then I'll go into a work period where I'll work for three straight days. Like there's not, it's not the same schedule for me every day. It doesn't work for me every day. I have to have theme days that I can move the days around. I have to have floating time blocks that allow me to, when I get behind, that they're out there and I know, okay, that's the next thing that I'm going to do that when I'm saying it's time for me to work, that's what I work on. And that the great part of being a business owner is that I make my own schedule and I'm allowed to create and make my own place. You don't have that luxury when you're in a nine to five. And so what you need to do is you need to, your first move out of a nine to five means to, or even your first move out of, um, if you have a business that you hate right now that you're trying to pivot out of, or you're being commoditized by the gig economy is your first move has to be the one that will give you the most wiggle. And that's why you want to pick the best market that you can with your skill set. And for me, what I identified for that was, was trust states. Besides the fact that actually, um, helping people, helping entrepreneurs set up their trust in estates actually moves them towards their creative power in conjunction with what I'm doing on the, on the, um, on the demand side of the value ladder, which is basically the podcast, the book, the course, those things help move them and help, help entrepreneurs understand this is a path to move towards your creative power. It makes you a better entrepreneur. Shoring up your trust in estates issues creates and strengthens the connections at home, which then Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You're, you, you ratchet it down basically to the um, you get the support at home with the connections which then gets you to be better at, at the commerce which then snaps back up which then helps you with your creations and so if it sounds complicated it's not it's actually incredibly simple it's you just have to know you just have to know how to put yourself in the best situation to succeed and betting on yourself is a terrible idea in the way that I'm talking about it you don't want to bet on yourself to be a robot because you're not I hate to break this to you. You are not a robot. Um, you're not. And if you think people do this all the time, they'll, they want to do something emotionally. So they will logically convince themselves of something that they're not. I joke around a lot about Google tag manager, but I took this traffics course. I spent a lot of money on it where and I had, it had like, 28 modules, 29 modules, and it had like a master plan and a flow chart and it gave you everything that you do in your order and all of that for your content, right? Both for SEO, organic, um, both for uh, organic and for paid advertising. And the thing is, is I, I, I convinced myself that I could do that type of thing, but I, I have such challenges that I cannot. 
in terms of it's just not suited for me. Now there are plenty of people out there that will that will work for. It. It's the same thing with the getting getting things done productivity plan, right? It's like the, the sixteen folders and you have the tickler file and all that. And I'm trying to do all of that. And my personality, I just it's not it's not a justification or a rationalization to be like I. It's not, it's not a cop-out. I'm just not built that way. But what I am built for is, is a, for a, as a content or as a traffic strategy is what I'm doing right now. Is like, I can absolutely do daily podcasts. I can absolutely do um, daily live streams. I can absolutely, those things are right on my wheelhouse. Right? I can be consistent with those things. Um, it's just a lot harder for me to be consistent with more of the more, more granular micro things. So don't, don't try to convince yourself that you're something you're not. You, you don't have to, you, nobody starts out as Superman in this, right? One of the, we're coming from the garage bunker. One of the reasons why we're coming from the garage bunker is like, look, I'm not always gonna be in the garage bunker. Like, look, if you look right here on the live stream, on this side, right here is like, here's napkins, right? Here's like a mop. Okay, here's like a little pile of papers right here, okay? It's a little disorganized in my, in my garage because every time I clean it, the garage is the dumping ground for everything else in my house, right? And but the reason why I'm I, I'm showing you the garage bunker about where it starts is you're going to see the progression from the garage bunker to the office to professional studio to whatever. But I want you to understand is that it doesn't have to be perfect to be perfect. You do not expect perfection from yourself. You can expect perfection from the market. You can expect perfection from the market. You can plan for it. And in doing so and being able to plan for it, you bring stability to your, to your life that re- does not revolve around you because the market is always there when you're awake or when you're asleep. The market, you, don't, you personally don't have to do anything to sustain the market. It's there. So when you can plug in and you can do your work in the market and then you decide that you're going to have like a um, – like you like you melt down, right? And you, and you, I don't know, eat 16 Kit Kats and take a nap for an hour and a half in a hammock. Right? or you drink too many gin fizzes or whatever. You have a, a fight with your wife and then you get upset for a day and you just check out and you go play golf or whatever it is that you do. I don't really care. If you put the faith, your faith in yourself, you're screwed because you're going to have all those things happen to some whatever that version is for you. I don't know what it is, right? I don't play golf and I don't really drink gin fizzes. But but the thing is, is whatever it's going to be, that's what it's it's your your it's for whatever's going to be for you, that's what it's going to be. So why would you put faith in yourself? It's silly. And then you, cause then you go in this thing where you get depressed and like, Oh, I suck. And then you, you self-flagellate yourself. And I'm not saying to use it as excuses to, to do things that you shouldn't be doing. But what I am saying is you're not going to get it perfect. And then you course correct and you'll get better. But the market's always there. Are the markets quote, I'm not saying there's a perfect market with perfect information where things work perfectly, but it works for our purposes. It works perfectly enough. It's always there to plug into. If you pick the right market with enough wiggle, it'll always be there for you like a warm blanket. Trust in estates is always there for me like a warm blanket. Entrepreneurs who are entrepreneurs who want to get everything dialed in and maximize their productivity, maximize their creative power, maximize their connections at home and maximize their commerce and, and their business. It's not a hard sell to tell them, hey, this is how I can help you do all those things, but, but putting things in order for your foundation first. Not a hard sell. And they they have money. That's why I picked one of the reasons why I picked the market. Right? The beginning of the value ladder that was here with people who are in and the first book that I'm writing, I'm in the second draft, is the is the um, I have to change the I have to change the uh, the title because I actually realized that the title that I gave the book is the title of the of the companion course, not of the book. But the thing is is that the 
the, the people who run the nine to five who aren't yet the entrepreneurs that they want to be, I had to start there. To, otherwise, what happens is, is that you go try to be a superhuman being to fix all your stuff, and then you get lost in the understory, and then I never see you. That's why I'm writing the book. That's why I talk to who I talk to in this part of the podcast is because I won't ever see you. If I start with the dialed in entrepreneurs who know what they're doing, who have businesses that are crushing it, who they love, yeah, they have money. And yes, it's a good market to start in. And yes, I work in that market. But if that's the only place that I stay, then I don't see you, guy or gal who's in the nine to five, right? Guy who's in a nine to five, who's married with kids and doesn't know what to do guy like me 20 years ago let's turn off the sound on this computer on that one there we go and part of the reason is that i can scoop you up in into um or i can help you to scoop yourself up into the journey to become an entrepreneur to get to that place where you can just drop four thousand five thousand dollars and not worry about it and understand it is for you to not to try to go sell something with a margin of a dollar or 50 cents or something that requires you to be superhuman and prospect the exact number of people every single day for a year. You're not going to do it. There are people who are out there that are that conscientious that will do it. And guess what? They've already done it. If you haven't, if you haven't gotten yourself into the 90th percentile on productivity right now or 95 percentile productivity right now on your, like your escape plan, you're not going to do it. So what we have to do is we have to start figuring out why that is and adopt some strategies and tactics that can put you in the biggest um, biggest chance to succeed. Because I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to give up on you. People had plenty of reasons to give up. I'm 47 years old. People had plenty of reasons to give up on me because I, I had a real hard time figuring it out. I, I put myself in a situation that required me to be perfect. And I kept failing because I didn't understand. I was like, market selection is very important. You can put your, you don't have to put self, you don't have to put ultimate faith in yourself. You will fail yourself. Is that giving you, am I saying that you should like just do whatever you want? No. What I'm saying is try, do the best you can. And when you fail, course correct. But don't put yourself in a situation that you, you have to be perfect all the time in order to succeed. Because there are markets out there that are, that are awash with opportunity for you. They're awash with money. And if you can provide value to the participants in those markets, the universe and the market will give you money back. And you can start to move towards your escape plan. It doesn't have to be perfect to be perfect. You, you know enough right now I should say this. I should take that back. You actually don't know enough right now to get out of the situation that you're in because you'd be out of it if you did. If you're stuck in a nine to five right now, there are some things you're going to have to learn. There's some skill sets and mindsets you're going to have to learn. But the cool thing is that you don't have to look for some magical course or coach or codex. That's not, that's not where you need to look. You need to look in the understory. You need to look inside. And when you start that journey, you look inside and you start to get your connections on board, then the universe will provide you opportunities and things that you will learn about yourself to get you the right skills to learn. And then you'll take those skills and you'll select a market that you can have faith in. And then you're not stressed out. It's extremely stressful to select a market that is, that is not a good fit for you. 
because it, it doesn't have a lot of wiggle and that for you to put all that pressure on yourself that you have to be perfect. That's a recipe for abject failure. The reason why I know that is because I did it many times. And so what I want you to do is I want you to take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, what I want you to do is take out your regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, for the love of God, go buy a regular journal. Even Lily's bored by you're not having a journal. She's snoring in the garage bunker. And just write down, if you were thinking about starting a business, just write down the words, what market can I have faith in? And just come up with some ideas. And if you have a business right now, are you in that market? Market selection is key. And just remember, there is no end if it's in the path to understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper on purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together, a place free of entanglements, a place with a bedrock foundation, and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.